0: Evening, everybody. I am Brett L. Pape. That's Coach Bruce, and this is The Coach Approach. What's up, Coach? How you doing today?
1: Well, if I was any better, I'd be you, man. We're talking football. How, how much better could there we be? There
0: you go. It's been a week, man. We we did have a Saturday and Sunday show this week, but we missed last Wednesday with me traveling out to Nashville. And I'll tell you what, I've never been to Nashville, but apparently um, you're supposed to be hung over every time after every day you're there.
1: That would make sense. I've never been either, man. My mom's been and a bunch of people from my family have been. I've got family that actually lives out there everybody says it's an absolute blast
0: oh it's a so. lot of fun and, and you know you get in there and you got DraftKings, which has a uh, nice bar on the broadway um have every game on on a sunday it was, nice. it was definitely a, a pretty fun experience so uh definitely would do it again
1: i love you country country music guy man you hit all the bars or what
0: uh, we hit all the bars and i am a country music fan um i will all say right. i was a little you know, it seemed like a lot of the, uh, talent that they had at these bars that we were on were more about, um, you know, bringing people in and bring uh, you know, people to the bar to drink a lot and so forth. Obviously they've got to, got to make some money somehow, but I was kind of hoping we were going to see people that were trying to make it and, and you know, maybe we're going to see them before they actually do make it, but it was a lot more uh, of, uh, people trying to put on a show and you know what I mean? I mean, it was, it yeah, was more no, about I get almost it. karaoke karaoke taking requests. Uh, but nevertheless, we had a blast. My wife had a blast. So that's all we can ask for.
1: You say karaoke, like you drink. I did, I did. did. Again, or? I'm
0: still, I, I feel like anytime I sweat, there's still Bud Light or not Bud Light. I don't ever cancel me. Cause I had a Bud Light right. or two out there, but a uh, beer is definitely still pouring out of my pores. But, uh, I was go. able to make it to work the last two days. So I feel like I, I fought through the adversity.
1: Good for you, man. Glad
0: The news and injuries and uh, not a lot of injuries. We did get a significant one that came out this morning. Uh, I woke up this morning and first thing I saw was a tweet from Adam Scheffler, uh, Deshaun Watson out for the year. Uh, he's been struggling with a shoulder injury all for the last few weeks. A lot of people especially on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it. We're going, does this guy really want to play because he's medically cleared, but he sat the game out anyways. Now we find out he's got a broken bone uh, surgery. will be out for the year and it's kind of unfortunate. Um, We won't get into his suspension and all that stuff, whether we like him as a person, but he kind of looked like the Deshaun Watson of old last week in the fourth quarter, a great rally, Went 14-14 in that fourth quarter, and that was a great win for Cleveland to come back and beat a Baltimore team like that, but unfortunately, he's out for the year, and now we get to see the rookie out of UCLA, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Your thoughts on the injury and your thoughts on DTR?
1: You know, it sucked. Not just for my Scott Fishbowl, which I happen to have a Scott Fishbowl shirt on from two years ago, but... I decided to go two quarterbacks. I didn't draft any depth in the Scott Fishbowl because I'm like, hey, there's 3,300 teams. I'm going to gamble. I'm going to load up on tight ends and try to take advantage of the scoring system. And I'm in the top 40% of scoring, but I've got to get a win this week and beat the league median to to get in the tournament. So hopefully, but Deshaun Watson beat out. It kills me. But Dorian Thompson Robinson, I mean, his it, only start of the year was against the Ravens, ironically, who they just uh, it was 28 to three. They lost. DTR completed just 19 to 36 for just 120 yards. No touchdowns through three interceptions. Obviously, he's a mobile guy, only 24 yards on the ground on four carries. So uh, there's not a whole lot going there. They're going to have to rely heavily on the run game. I have concerns, visibility to stand in the pocket and go through progressions. They're going to have to cut the field in half and just simplify the play calling to give the Browns an opportunity to win and hopefully be able to carry, uh, use Jerome Ford and, and Kareem Hunt in the run game.
0: I like DTR, though. When you saw him in the preseason, he played well. Yeah, real well. He probably had 45 starts at UCLA. Um, He's someone that maybe after that first start that he had, he's now been able to sit back down and kind of watch things over the last few weeks. So I'm kind of excited to see, you know, how he's developed in that short time since he's last started.
1: Yeah, I hear you. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it. I think the, the talent's fun to watch for sure.
0: It's unfortunate too because now we have another team with a great defense, much like the New York Jets. But because of an injury to a quarterback, you know, we don't know if they I mean, this could be the end of the season for them as far as making a strong, long playoff run.
1: Yeah. So, would you take DTR or would you take Zach Wilson? <laughs> both good defenses, both have a good offensive line. There's a lot of similarities there. So, you make the joke about the Jets, and it made me think I'm like, well, who would you rather have, Zach Wilson or DTR in that situation, right?
0: That's a tough one for me. Uh, I think I would still go with Zach. And, and unfortunately, I'm probably going to be burned. Like, a, In fact, in in a league, I'm in a like a, the high school that I graduated from. There's a bunch of us. They call it the Legends League. Not sure how I got in there. But regardless, um, I drafted Daniel Jones, Derek Carr, and a couple I, – I went – you know, it's a one quarterback league, so I focused yeah. on other positions for much of the draft and then got those two guys late. Now I'm sitting here trying to uh, fit in a quarterback because Derek Carr's out this week. We'll talk about Derek Carr in a minute. Yeah. Um, the only guy available was Zach Wilson and, uh, you know, DeVito, DeVito. Tommy DeVito. All I think about is Danny. Um huh. But I went with Zach Wilson, so we'll see if he can get me a win this week. But I don't like either of the options if we're talking fantasy. Um, let's move Definitely on to man. our next news item, who's actually be our first one. Uh, but I kind of wanted to get right into just what Deshaun Watson, uh, and that's Bills fire offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey. Uh, comes after a game in which they lost on a last second field goal by the Denver Broncos. Um, you kind of wonder why the special teams coordinator isn't fired, because the reason why they lost is they had 12 men on the field. Denver misses the field goal. They get to get another shot at it. They make it. And, uh, you know, Buffalo moves out of the playoff contention as it currently stands because that loss. Um, so no more Ken Dorsey. Joe Brady's now the O.C. Brady's a former coordinator for the Carolina Panthers also was the coordinator uh, for LSU in the national championship and Heisman Trophy winning season for Joe Burrow. Um, So that's where we're at right now. Your thoughts on it, and uh, from your uh, memory, uh, what does Joe Brady bring us? Uh,
1: Well, he brings, uh, obviously, the vertical passing game. He loves to attack the field vertically. He likes play action. He likes to put put people and players on the defensive side of the ball in conflict. And I, I think he's got a quarterback that, um, hopefully can can make those adjustments and i i think what's weird about this whole thing is just the way it's all developed it's it's like to your point josh allen's not having a great year and if josh allen was the quarterback of the uh, of i'll say the dallas cowboys and i don't want to get too much into that but th- you know he he just he doesn't get the slack because of his ability to run the football. the route what 11 interceptions and three or four fumbles i mean the guys turn the ball over left and right that's not on your offensive coordinator, you got to be able to protect the football. That's not going to change regardless of who the OC is. They've got to do a better job protecting the football. they got to do a better job of, of, of do, performing late in games, which in the beginning, that was what everybody loved about Josh Allen. It was his ability to make things happen off script, and you're, you're just not seeing as much of that this year. He's still scoring from a fantasy perspective because of his legs, but from an offensive NFL scheme, there's a lot. There's a lot to uncover there. there. You got Dalton Kincaid. You've got Stephon Diggs. You got Gabe Davis. There's you got James Cook, who by the way fumbled twice, uh, actually three times, recovered two of his own fumbles. So that could have been a lot worse situation. But Ken Dorsh is not responsible for any of that. Uh, Joe Brady doesn't make a difference there. It's about the guys in the huddle and on the field executing the game plan.
0: Look, I, in my opinion, you know, I'm not in the office. I don't know exactly what's going on, but I, I kind of feel like because Josh he's Allen, he's a ball went, guy, right? they needed a fall guy and they also wanted to kind of, you know, Josh Allen made it known when they lost a the ball to New York giants that, Hey, let me have, let me have Dorsey. He's my quarterback coach. I like yeah. him. I feel like this is where, this is what we need. They did that and he hasn't performed. We talked about 11 interceptions. He's only not thrown an interception in two of the games this year. Yeah. He has three lost fumbles. Um, man, they, they want him to take the onus and take control of this, uh, offense and you know this is one way they're going to try and make him to do it
1: Josh Allen's not Joe Burrow right I mean I, from a from my passing perspective there were concerns about him coming out of Wyoming in terms of the accuracy and those things so there's a lot to unravel there and you just got to hope Joe Brady can can pull some of that out of him and just be like hey be smart with the football protect the football let's win football games let's control time of possession let's we're a high scoring team when we put things together and let's let's figure this thing out there's too much talent on that team not to be have more success
0: it's it's uh, you know I, I i think i called i almost on our sunday show yeah. almost called denver winning i had denver losing 22-21 if it wasn't for the uh, 12 men on the field i was exactly right on the pick yeah. but but going into it you saw they have not been playing well, and you saw Denver has been playing well. Hell, three weeks ago they beat Kansas City. So I wasn't surprised by the outcome. I'm just surprised by the fact that Buffalo. It almost seems like they're falling apart right in front of our eyes.
1: They are. I mean, there's no other way to look at it. I mean, you're, now you're at 500. Now you're in a situation where you're trying to make you're trying to make the playoffs. It's not about being the AFC number one seed. It's not about making a Super Bowl run right now. It's like, hey, it's literally and it's cliche. It's one week at a time. We got to show up every week. We got to find a way to, to, to get a win, and we got to get back on a winning streak. And at, at the end of the day, that that's where it's at.
0: Yes, sir. Let's move on to our next injury, and this one isn't quite as significant. I'm sure it's significant to Derek Carr, but they do have a bye week this week. He is in concussion protocol. He also is still struggling with the right shoulder injury. Um, but you know, I would be surprised if he's not back out there the following week after this week's bye. Uh, you saw a lot of people react to it. You saw what Jameis Winston did when he came in. So, you know, maybe, maybe some would like Derek Carr not to return. What are your thoughts? You you, you like what you saw from Jameis when he was in there?
1: Yes and no. Uh, you know, it, to me, it's, hey, in baseball, 30-30 is a great thing. In the NFL, it's not. And there was parts of that game with Jameis Winston, 11, 13 to 25, barely over 50%, 122 yards, had two touchdowns, but also had two interceptions. That's what you get with Jameis Winston. To me, I like the Derek Carr. I like. I, I don't think Jameis Winston handles the Taysom Hill situation as well as Derek Carr has. I think Jameis Winston's a guy that feels like he should always be on the field. So I, I have more comfort in relying more on what Taysom Hill brings in the red zone, third down situations. What he can do is that Swiss Army knife along with Derek Carr than I do that with Jameis Winston. And that's not a knock on Jameis Winston. Look, the reality is Jameis Winston should be – an NFL starter somewhere. There's way too many starting quarterbacks in the NFL right now that aren't getting it done and do, should not be starters. I just think for this Minnesota team with the receiving core they have and the weapons they have on offense, give me the guy that's got a higher completion percentage and has a better track record to the football. Yeah, the Saints. Yeah. yeah okay, good.
0: Because right. we'll, we'll talk about the Vikings if you want to talk about the Vikings. And the Vikings suffered an injury to their number one running back. They lost Cam Akers two weeks ago. Now they have Alexander Madison left the game yep. with a concussion. Uh, He's going to be in protocol all week, but usually what we've seen other than Brock Purdy this year is that when a guy goes in protocol, he doesn't come back the very next week. So I don't expect him to play this week. That's why you saw a lot of people talking about Tyson Chandler uh, and the waiver wires. uh, What does that mean for, for uh, Minnesota? If it is only Chandler, but they also brought back someone else uh, this week as well. Who was that coach? Miles Gaskin, right?
1: Yep. Miles Gaskin.
0: But so, you know, what guys, do you see if there is no Madison this week? What do you expect to see from that backfield?
1: I still think it's going to be the Ty Chandler show. I mean, I think the reality is, fifteen carries for forty-five yards doesn't pop off the screen. Didn't have any any targets in the in the passing game. But when you're Minnesota and you've got T J uh, Hawkinson and you've got uh, Justin Jefferson's going to be coming back. I don't think it's going to be this week. Probably the week after that. But there's enough weapons there um with Jordan Addison and, and with KJ Osborne and, and so he's got some situations there too but I think from a running perspective Kevin O'Connell's good uh, to me he's one of the best offensive coordinators in the game he's going to find ways to utilize that going can rely a little bit more on Joshua Dobbs he can give you something in the run game that Kirk Cousins couldn't so maybe more zone read more RPOs I think fits what they need to do right now because look Ty Chandler Miles Gas, neither one of those guys are guys you're going to hand the ball off to as many times as you or get the production you would get from an Alexander Madison or even a Dalvin Cook prior to that, which is a, a different level in terms of talent. So I, I see them going more to a outside zone type scheme, not so much between the tackles. I think that fits the skill set of the running backs they've got and trying to use them a little bit more in the dump off game.
0: It's going to be interesting because they're on a five-game winning streak. They are. You talked about what Josh Dobbs has been able to do, and you'll get into more. I think you're going to highlight Josh Dobbs a little bit later in the show. Um, and golly, does he not like Hawkinson? Because Hawkinson has Jeez. been on fire. I felt yeah. awful because, you know, you and I have both said this multiple times on the show, that when we make a mistake with a lineup, a start-sit for ourselves, it's like, you idiot. But when we tell people on the show on Sunday mornings, I wouldn't start Hawkinson because I'm a little worried with that rib injury. He's supposed to be on a pitch count. And then you see at halftime, he's got 10 catches for 100 and some odd yards. It's like, holy smokes, I got that one wrong. But they've got such a good thing going. And and I like him the rest of the year with the way Dobbs has liked him so far.
1: Hey, I mean, 30.4 PPR points last week. He's got 20.8 in week 8, 13. Point, I mean, he's... 21.7 ppr points per game he's a tight end one from weeks eight through ten so there's a safety net for you not only not only is he a good safety he's he he can run after the catch he's got some wheels to him so uh, i, I like was he uh, he, his offense.
0: touchdown you know here's a guy who was i was worried many people were worried about how much he was gonna be able to play that game yeah. he takes a shot at the goal line right to the rib area and he bounces right back up, scores a touchdown, has a big spike. Uh, it was almost Gronkish-like. Um, so those ribs weren't hurting too bad after that touchdown. It was good to see. And how, how, before we move on to a Week 10 recap, has there been a more exciting time for tight ends in the NFL right now than them right now? Oh, no. I mean, there have been over the last few years, you know, we, we all were kind of hoping for, for Kyle Pitts. We were hoping for – this guy and that guy, and it's really just been Kelsey, Mark Andrews, and then stream tight ends after those two. That's not the case anymore. This rookie class has been pretty damn special with guys like LaPorta, Kincaid, even Musgrave is starting to uptick. Um, You got the guy in Vegas, Mare, who had some great games early on. Uh, It kind of slowed down a little bit with quarterback issues. Um, And then you got a second-year player, and Trey McBride, who is absolutely blowing up the last few weeks. I I love the landscape of the tight ends now, and you and I could not have said that even six, seven, eight weeks ago.
1: No, I mean, if you look at, I'm just looking at weeks eight through ten, got C.J. Hawkinson, now he's still young. He's got plenty of years left, but Trey McBride's the tight end too. Cole Komet, who's in what, his third season? you got Dalton Kincaid, who's a rookie, as a tight end four of the last three weeks. He's scored 16 or more points in all three of those games. You have Jake Ferguson who's only in his second year, second you've got, year tight end. yeah, you've got Dalton Schultz. Uh, I shouldn't say Dalton Schultz, but I'm going to say Kate Ott at wide receiver 11. You got Sam Laporte at wide receiver 13. You got Luke Musgrave at wide receiver, or wide receiver. Keep
0: wide receiver. A, I'm tight end 15.
1: You know. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you've got, there's so much youth. I mean, that's well, five Well, you brought up guys. Dalton
0: Schultz. He may not be the youngest of the group, but he's been tearing it up as well. Yeah,
1: I mean, he's, he 27 points in week nine, right? So there's. Yeah. There is a lot of talent across the landscape. We haven't even got Brock Bowers is going to enter the NFL draft next year, and he, he's got an opportunity to be the best of all of them. So a very, very exciting times for what used to be. The tight end very dead fair. zone was really after the top three, right? Everything Anybody after the top three was considered like, you might as well just wait on tight end. That's not yep. the case anymore,
0: man. No, no. Which is fun. I, it is fun. It is fun. And I kind of, I wouldn't say I lucked into it, but. I was able to. Uh, I picked up Trey McBride. They, I, whenever I bring up my own team, it's only one. We've got thirty teams, but there's really one team that matters to me the most, and that's my home league. I know yeah. you feel the same with your big money home league. But to, I, I've been, I've been very fortunate. I got Kincaid, I've got Musgrave, and I got McBride. I feel pretty 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 set there for the next few years at tight end spot. Before we go into week ten recap, let's go ahead and get to our first question of the night. We got Blake Nelson. Thank you, Blake, for tuning in. Always love with the questions you come in with. Uh, Should I trade George Pickens and a 24-mid second-round pick for Saquon and a mid-24 third-pick dynasty? Um, I worry about Saquon. I I don't think this trade is that far off. That offense, he's going to get volume this year. He got volume last week. The offense is terrible. I worry about having guys, period, and bad offenses. Uh, you look at the situation in Carolina. A lot of people have been excited about how Chubba Hubbard is kind of taken over and, uh, you know, Miles Sanders. And yet that's a terrible offense, and neither one of them are scoring any points. I'm concerned about having a guy in that type of offense. Um But I'm not overly excited about George Pickens in that offense. So this is a tough one. I thought I was just going to –
1: yeah. I was just – go ahead.
0: So, I mean, I don't know. This is kind of a toss-up for me. If I had to make a decision right now, I'm taking Saquon, hoping that you know he signed a uh, one-year extension this year, hoping that he's in a better spot next year because I still feel like we can get two to three good years out of him.
1: Yeah, it's funny because you make the comment about Saquon and how bad that offense is. Obviously with Tommy DeVito, and now you've got the Daniel Jones situation, who's going to be the quarterback next year. Well, right now, I think the projections have the New York Giants with the top three picks. They, they probably are going to reset at the quarterback position, assuming Marvin Harrison is part of those top three picks. But you look at the the Steelers now, are we how high are we on Kenny Pickett and the Matt Canada offense right now? Right. They're, they're relying on Najee Harris and Jalen Warren and Deontay Johnson and Pat Fryermuth is now coming back but it's even worse for George Pickens. So you talk about a guy and I like George Pickens talent coming out. There's question marks about catching the ball against his body as a wide receiver coach. Obviously, I hate that. But what he can do is his verticality. He can make contested catches. He can give you something after the catch. But as a technician, as a He's route runner. There. There's a lot of things that, that he's is. raw raw in still. And I don't know that Pittsburgh has the offense or the coaching staff to pull out what he needs. So I have concerns about George Pickens long-term too in that offense, as long as Kenny Pickett is there and Deontay Johnson's there and Jalen Warren and on and on and on and on. He's going to be the third, third or fourth option in that offense. So um, I probably would lean Saquon. I know he's gonna have AJ Pex. I get that, but at least with Saquon, you're gonna get probably you know, twenty to twenty-five touches per game. And if they have to go to the passing game, Saquon's gonna give you some catches in the in the receiving game too. So I just don't see it with Pittsburgh, but it's really hard because the ageism, if you're an ageist and fantasy, which a lot or dynasty, which a lot of guys are, oh George Pickens, automatically, because Saquon yeah, no, Barkley, yeah. he's got the injuries, he's getting close to that age twenty-seven yep. apex and blah blah blah. I'm like, hey, I look at everything in a three-year window. Um Barkley, look, there's not a lot of tread on those tires over the last three years because the no. amount of games he's missed. So I still would probably lean Saquon Barkley I will take the talent there at a running back position that, you know, it's hard to find those guys that are true volume guys, and Saquon's one of them.
0: It took a while for us to get there, but we're in agreement. We're going to go with Barkley in the third round pick. Um, Thank you so much, Blake. Send some more. We're always uh, excited. We'd rather talk about your guys' decisions than talking about the games that we saw last week but that's what we're going to go to right now. So let's get into the week 10 recap. We've already talked briefly about it. Um so we're not going to probably spend too much time, but that Broncos upsetting the Bills, I mean, you got to talk about the game. Um I think one of uh the things that impressed me the most is that there is significant progress with that Denver team. You saw that and first and foremost, I don't know if I'm ready to say that Russell Wilson is cooking, but I am to, I am willing to say that he's, he's in playing the kitchen. One. Say that again?
1: He's in the kitchen, not in the doghouse, so he's at least in the kitchen. He's
0: definitely there, and they feel more comfortable about the offense. He seems to feel more. He's more okay playing a 12-for-19 type of game uh, as far as passing and completions and so forth. They look much more comfortable as a team. Uh, I, I think good things, or at least better things, are coming for Denver, and we couldn't have said that three or four weeks ago.
1: Yeah, I think this is the part of this is the Sean Payton effect. Part of this is Javante Williams getting healthy. Part of this is Cortland Sutton's finally being used the He's way that he should well. be. And Can Jerry Judy, yeah, Jerry Judy hasn't hit a stretch yet. You still mm-hmm. have uh, Greg Dulcich out, so there are some things in Denver to be excited about from an offensive standpoint. So and Josh Allen, we talked about this earlier, but you know, fifteen of twenty six, one hundred seventy seven yards, so one touchdown, two interceptions. Gabe Davis was your leading receiver with 56 yards receiving, which tells you what kind of night Stephon Diggs had. So they have got to. We talked about this early in the season with Dallas and how you got to get CeeDee Lamb the ball more, which we're seeing them do now. But now it's like in Buffalo, like how are you not making sure Stephon Diggs, we're scheming him to get 10 plus targets per game? The number of receptions and yards and touchdowns he gets after that is all based off opportunity and, and ability to catch the ball. But you've got to get guys like that to football. So there's some concerns in Buffalo right now.
0: Oh, there's definite concerns. I mean, the biggest concern I have is just simply they have just, in a lot of ways, it looks like when they talk about their team, it's like, well, we have Josh Allen. Well, we have Josh Allen. They haven't addressed a lot of the issues that they have up front on both sides of the ball. They haven't addressed a lot of their defensive issues. Uh, They were able to get a cornerback from Green Bay, Douglas, I believe. Sorry, I'm blanking real quick. Uh, Again, still on like a six-day bender so i'm trying to come back from that uh but with that being said uh you know they're going to need a heck of a lot more help for josh as as things continue to progress
1: yeah what's crazy about this too is buffalo if you looked at the stats and you just looked at the team stats you said okay bills have 369 total yards to 300 for denver passing yards were pretty much even rushing yards bills had 192 to 122 yards per play bills were 7.1 broncos Mm 4.2 you look at that but the Bills only ran 52 plays. The Broncos ran 71. So even though the yardage was the same and the yards per play um, was not good, the total plays that Denver was able to run to keep Buffalo's offense off the field was a big part of that. It's just lack of execution and critical moments for Buffalo right now.
0: All right, I guess we'll we'll leave Buffalo alone for the rest of the night. Let's move on to our next game. Lions 41, Chargers 38. One of my favorite questions that we got right on Sunday morning was someone said, hey, which game is going to produce the most fireworks as it relates to fantasy football? And this game certainly did that. You had the Lions having two running backs. You know, you got 125 yards rushing for David Montgomery, his first yard game back. He's got a 75-yard touchdown. You've got Gibbs coming in with 14 carries for 77 yards two touchdowns. It was great to see Gibbs. If you are a fantasy manager and you have Gibbs on your team, you've got to be excited about seeing Gibbs getting goal line touches because that was a big concern heading into the uh, year when you got a guy like Montgomery. He's never going to get the goal line work, kind of like what we saw with Swift last year when he had Jamal Williams back there. Uh, But that's not the case. They're giving both of them multiple shots, and you got to love it. So then we got to look at also offensively for uh, for good old Detroit. Look at what Amon Ross St. Brown continues to do week yeah. in week out. That guy, he is absolute. And this we're talking about a guy that was drafted in the fourth round. Ninety percent of fantasy analysts base much of their decisions off of draft capital, which is smart because the reality of it is those guys in the NFL as much as we like to talk crap about them, they know a little more what they're doing than what you and I do. So to see a guy come in with fourth round capital and do what he's done, it's it's remarkable. The guy is just a performer week in and week out. And then you look at the other side of the ball, fantasy relevant guys, Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen was banged up throughout the game, and yet he put on a performance. That guy, I'm almost wondering if he's a future Hall of Famer with the type of career he's put up. If he didn't deal with injuries the last couple years, he's right up there. It it was a really fun game to watch, and it was a great game to see the Lions go across the country and pull out that win.
1: Yeah, hey, the stars showed up in this game. You know, you talked about Jameer Gibbs and and David Montgomery. Uh, Montgomery has 116 yards, and then uh, total yards, I think it was, and then you had Jameer Gibbs at 112, so about, about a 50-50 split. Obviously, Jameer Gibbs getting goal line carries, was big. as utilized a little bit more in the passing game. But this was a game exactly what we thought. I mean, this this was, you know, 954 total yards between the two teams. Each quarterback goes for over 320 yards. Um, the difference was Lions 8.3 yards per play versus the Chargers only 6.2. And, of course, Lions had 200 yards rushing. Behind that, you know, great offensive line, where the Chargers were only able to muster up ninety eight. But, yeah, there there was a uh, poll I put out about Keenan Allen versus Mike Evans, and all these guys, both in the Hall of Fame. And if you had to choose one, who would you take? Obviously, two different types of receivers, with, with Mike Evans being the big play guy and the guy that finds the end zone, you know, a lot more often than Keenan Allen does. But Keenan Allen's that surefire. I'm going to get you a first down. I'm going to destroy zone, and I'm going to be able, good enough and relevant enough against man coverage to to make it fun. So. Great, great, great game. And exactly what we thought it was going to be, probably even a little bit more
0: so. It was awesome. It was awesome. And those are the type of games that you saw Detroit winning last year. Um, Their defense has kind of been upgraded. Yeah, Yeah, they did a great job getting guys like Jack Campbell, getting guys like Branch out of Alabama. Their rookie class, as much as crap as they took for taking guys where they took them. It's worked out pretty well for them. So I'm pretty excited. And if you look at their schedule down the way, they have a great shot of being like eleven and three. Uh, their schedule over the next few weeks is pretty light.
1: Yeah, it's it's, it's definitely looking up in Detroit. That's for sure, man. And, and Sam Laporta is part of that draft class too. So they they definitely hit on some picks this last year. And ironically, you you traded T.J. Hawkinson last year to Minnesota, and you just replaced him with Sam Laporta. So it's worked out pretty good for Detroit. You get him on a rookie contract.
0: All right, let's get to a question before we get into our next game. We've got Chandler. How are you tonight, Chandler? Uh, We got Burroughs or Fields six point passing touchdowns. Uh, For me, I'm going with Burrow. I've got Burrow as the uh, 11th ranked quarterback, excuse me, 11th. I got Burrow as the seventh quarterback this week, and I've got Fields a little further down. I got him at 14. Uh, Are you good with that call there, Coach Burrow over Fields? It looks like I'm losing coach. So that's what I would say on that one. He's having a little internet issues. Let's move on to the next one. We've got Patrick. How are you, Patrick? Thank you for tuning in. Uh, hey, guys, start Burrow or Murray, four point. Um, I've got Burrow there as well, but it's real close. I got Burrow quarterback nine for four point, And I've got Murray for quarterback 10. So, I mean, you can almost flip a coin, but I'm good with uh, Burrow in that spot. Let's move on to Dylan. We've got Dylan here. Dylan, redraft offer. Trade Andrews, Mixon, and James Cook for Bijan. Uh that would leave you with Pollard Mixon and Cook. I'm looking at this. Sorry. So Andrews Mixon Cook for Kelsey and Bill. Bijon. Um, I think I'm going to stick with Cook, Andrews, and Bijan. Excuse me, Cook, Andrews, and Mixon. That's what I would do probably. Three for two makes me feel a little bit better about that situation. And, uh, yeah, so let's move on from there. Um, Coach Bruce is back, so let's get him back in. At least I thought he was back. Are you there, Coach?
1: I'm here. I can hear you. I don't know why my screen isn't up. but Hey, I'll tell you you. what,
0: you never looked better. You have never looked better.
1: Hey, look, when you got a face for radio, man, this is what happens, right?
0: It's perfect. It's perfect.
1: So I'm a dumbass. I forgot to charge my laptop. Our
0: our Spotify listeners like you much better than our YouTube people. (laughs) Um, Let's move on to one more question, Coach. We've got Cam here. He wants to know Jalen Hurts or C.J. Stroud, six-point. I can't believe I would say this. It's pretty close, but it is Hurts for me, Um, but it's real close. I got Hurts as the number two quarterback this week. And I got Stroud at number
1: four. Yeah, I've got Jalen Hurts at number two right behind Mahomes right, right uh, this week. But I think Jalen Hurts is is the guy that the upside, it's not a great matchup with Kansas City, but what Jalen Hurts can give you a week off. That gives him two weeks to prepare for Kansas City. He's coming off the knee. I get it, but he's still effective. Shit, he's good for two tush-push touchdowns, right? So Say that again,
0: Coach?
1: He's good for two tush-push touchdowns. Say that you ten would times, You think
0: so. Times. You would think so. My My dogs always want to come in the room with me. And then halfway through the show, they're going, all right, let me out. So they apparently don't like the show. There you go. All right. Hey, let's get back. I think we hit all the questions. Let's get to our next game we're going to break down. And that is Browns 33, Ravens 31. Um, Again, this game almost – I wouldn't say it's insignificant now, but if the Browns aren't able to do anything the rest of the year because of their quarterback issues, this win wasn't as big of a deal, but it was a hell of a win to watch. And it was kind of, you know, everyone talks about the Ravens need to find a way to get that killer instinct instinct and, and finish off games. And they weren't able to do it in this one.
1: Yeah. I think the concerning part too, with, with uh, Baltimore is look, Hey, d- Cleveland did a phenomenal job. The statistics will show you how good Cleveland was against running backs coming into this game. So we had some concerns about playing the Ravens running backs and they, Hey, they only gave up 106 yards uh, in the run game and only 306 total yards. The Cleveland defense did. So uh, they showed out, man. I mean, and they have, we talked earlier about Deshaun Watts what he was able to do in the fourth quarter and his, his ability, I think 14 of four, 14 for his last 14 in the second half. So, uh, it's it's tough. It's it's a reset now for Baltimore, right? They were one of the teams. Hey, right now they're playing the best in the AFC. A lot of people had them in their top three in the power rankings, and you know they get knocked down a couple notches, and 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 you move on. But great game, man. I watched that game, and of course I had Baltimore pick to win that game. So I was trying to go ten and four in our picks, and I ended up nine and five.
0: But. Well, I think you did better than I did, Coach. Uh, you know, I mean, just my last thought on that is this is certainly we got to really see what happens this week with the Bengals and Ravens because uh, Ravens are 7 and 2 i mean this is a team that you should ex- you can kind of expect to be there at the end of the season yeah. um i'd like to see them bounce back well and they're going to get a shot with that tomorrow night uh let's move on to our next game uh Texans 30 Bengals 27 look man i i am trying not to jump head first into the CJ Stroud um love affair but but I'm doing it because what this guy's been able to do the last 2 weeks stats are awesome most important stat though for me is the wins and he's finding a way to lead a young team and to get big wins maybe the win over ball excuse me over Tampa Bay wasn't that big because Tampa Bay you know they're not the strongest team this isn't the Tom Brady Tampa Bay team of 2 years ago but to beat the Bengals in Cincinnati, that was pretty impressive. And to do it after you throw a fourth round a fourth quarter pick and to rally them, pretty fun to watch. And I'm pretty excited about that Texans team and what they've been able to do so far this year.
1: Yeah, it's been really, really impressive. You and I were talking about this before the show and D'Amico Ryan talked about a change in the culture and mentality of this franchise. But C.J. Stroud, we've talked about enough. I, mean, I, I think the big thing for me in this game was Devin Singletary coming in, 30 carries, 150 yards, gets in the end zone. Um, that, that to me, was very, very impressive. Noah Brown showed up for the second week in a row. Nico Collins out. Um, Dalton Schultz, Tank Dell, all those guys were involved. But more importantly to me the, the, and what helped C.J. Stroud out the most in this offensive line, if they can just line up and run the football the way they did in this game, Houston can beat anybody. If you have to and you can't run the football and you have to rely on C.J. Stroud as great as he has played this year, you've got to think eventually that that could catch up to you. But if they can be more balanced like they were in this game, that's that's an impressive win for Houston.
0: Yeah, it is impressive. And it was most impressive for me and what you're just talking about. And that is that you brought up guys like Noah Brown. You brought up Tank Dell. I think Tank Dell was a fourth-round pick, maybe third-round yeah. Um, you know, Dalton Schultz was pretty much said, Hey, we appreciate what you did in Dallas, but you can go. And then Devin Singletary, Hey, we got James Cook now. We don't need you. And so here's all these guys that a lot of people <laughs> didn't want Noah Brown, another Dallas Cowboy guy. Yep. And CJ Stroud has made them not only fantasy relevant, but Tink Dell is now like a top 50 fantasy dynasty asset. Uh, Dalton Schultz is now in the top 10 in dynasty tight ends. Noah Brown, at the age of 27, is now someone is fighting over to get in the waiver wire pickups. It's pretty remarkable what has happened with uh, what C.J. Stroud has been able to do.
1: No, and it's it's crazy as a rookie, man. I get it, and they're only going to get better from here, and they're only going to add more pieces this next offseason. I think, again, going back to the culture that D'Amico Ryans has brought into that franchise, guys are going to want to go play in Houston. You Know it's gonna be he's gonna make a very compelling argument to free agents why they wanna come play in Houston, what they're building there.
0: I'm trying not to be too giddy because I know uh, me there, too. There I hear you games, there were a few games there in the middle after the Jacksonville uh, win where CJ struggled a little bit. And I, I have I am a guy and we've talked about it, I'm a one quarterback league type of guy, standard scoring league, uh same league forever. Uh, I don't like paying for quarterbacks. I will do anything to hope I hit on a lottery ticket. I thought maybe I was going to hit on a lottery ticket with Jordan Love. I picked him up off the waivers and said, hey, I'm going to believe in a guy that's a former first-round pick. And we're and I'm not saying he's not going to work out, but it hasn't worked out yet. And I wasn't willing to continue to lose games because I was getting virtually nothing for my quarterback spot. So I set a 25-5th round for 25 2025 first-rounder for uh, for C.J. three weeks ago before his monster game against Tampa Bay. And holy smokes, does that trade look like it's working out?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm looking at C.J.'s stats, and I'm like, I know we've talked about him enough, but he's got uh, over 800, yard, or 800 yards passing last two weeks with six touchdowns to only one interception. They've scored 39 and 30, right? They've got four games this year over 30 points. Nobody expected this from this offense in year one. Nobody. No, no. And you're you're now what? You're nine games deep into the season, and, and you're still playing at this level. Like it's not. You do this for two or three games. Hey, let's see where we're at. You know, three out of the first four games throws for two hundred eighty or more yards, and you kind of he has a couple games under two hundred, and he's right back to eight hundred yards over the last two. So this 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 offense isn't going away.
0: And here's the thing, exactly. It's not going away because it's not simply he's playing well the things that he's doing are are not common there you know you always are looking for reasons why someone is special what he is doing is special and what he is doing can translate for the next few years if you got opportunity to still buy low on him do whatever it takes because 100%. i think we have a star in the making and it's not because i traded for him i lucked into that uh, but at the same time, you got to see what he's doing and you got to understand that this is just different. It's almost like what we saw out of Patrick Mahomes, year two. He goes to Denver year one when they decide, hey, let's rest Alex Smith. Um, let's just throw him in in week 13 and, and see what he can do. He only throws for like 210 yards and a touchdown, but they make the decision after that year. And then year two, he comes in and he throws for 50 touchdowns. I'm not saying CJ Stroud is doing that, but I am saying that CJ Stroud has shown enough for me to think that he's pretty damn special and he's a top five, top six, seven dynasty quarterback for a long time coming.
1: Yeah, I'm with you, man. Hey, we got, right, some, hey, we got some more to, questions here.
0: Yeah. Let's move on to uh, Andrew, Andrew parlay question. This is more for you than me. Uh, I, I work hard for my money. I have 11 kids. So, other than fantasy, straight up paying for my league fees, I don't gamble much. But you guys think Bur- Burrow and Lamar throw for two TDs each, both throw for two hundred ten year- yard, two hundred ten plus, receiving Chase over eighty yards, Flowers and Andrews over fifty. That's a lot. But do you think all of that can hit tomorrow night?
1: I don't. <laughs> I don't. Uh, and I, I, don't. Feel like,
0: I feel like Andrew's got a balloon and you just walked up and popped it.
1: Well, hey, we're here for the people, right? There and, you go. And I, I think when you look at Lamar throwing for two touchdowns um, tomorrow night, I'm looking at matchups right now. So Lamar Jackson's got Cincinnati. Is that doable for Lamar Jackson? Absolutely. However, that is still a run first team. We've talked about the white. We're going to talk about this breakdown of their offense. We get to the next game. So we can kind of cover that a little bit more. So he doesn't have to throw two touchdowns for that offense to move. And so I never want to bank on him throwing for two. I think Burrow this week can throw for two. I do think they both can go over 210. Um, Chase over 80 yards, I'm comfortable with. However, Flowers, I'm not comfortable getting over 50 yards because he's not doing it. If you look at his last several games, and I don't have his number pulled up right now, but I was just looking at him. So those are the two things that I'd be concerned with is Lamar throwing for two touchdowns. Zay Flowers going over 50 yards are the two things you've got in there that I'd have a little bit of concerns over. Other than that – I mean, I don't know what the that, odds
0: are for all these things to hit. I'm not
1: afraid to make that bet. I was just I'm, I'm say I'm right
0: there with you. That's exactly what I would say. Yeah. But we're talking about $20, $25, put it on it, and let's see if we can – I don't even know what the odds of all those things happening, but let's see if we can turn that $25 into $250. I'm all I don't hate the that.
1: bet. Yeah, I don't hate the bet. Those are just the two, two numbers there and the two – Two uh, things I'd be concerned about in that parlay.
0: All right, let's go on to Cam. All right, Cam wants to know, do you think Nico Collins can reestablish himself in that offense? Almost too many mouths to feed in that offense for fantasy. I'm going to disagree with Cam, and I'm going to disagree with Cam because you're talking about on the offense the last two weeks of pass for – Week one in the last two weeks passed for more than 400 yards. Last week passed for more than 350. You're talking about Nico Collins, who is a third-year wide receiver. Now, prior to guys like Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, year three was always the breakout year for receivers. So let's go old school real quick and look at a year three receiver and Nico Collins, who this year has put up 36 receptions, 631 yards, and four touchdowns. I don't think any of those things are going to change when he gets back. So, yes, you're looking at an offense that's got to be able to produce enough to handle Tank Dell, handle Dalton Schultz, handle Noah Brown. But Nico Collins, I feel much more confident with Nico Collins sustaining what he's doing than I do a 27-year-old Noah Brown. Uh, So, for me, I'm not doing it. If I have Nico Collins, I'm just waiting for him to get back from injury, and then I'm putting him right back in there.
1: Yeah. I'm not hesitating to put Nico Collins back in either. I, I, and you hit the nail on the head. Yes. And I think cams, it's a great question because I think when you talk about a player that can't offer the start that Nico Collins did this year and that CJ Stroud has done the connection, those guys made through camp. And of course, early in the season, I'm going to rely on that. I'm going to rely on the fact that Nico Collins is the wide receiver one in this offense. What I'm not going to rely on is Noah Brown going for 140, 150 yards every week with Nico Collins out. So Noah Brown takes the biggest hit there. I think Dalton Schultz is who he is. I think every week you're going to see consistent play there. And Tank Dale is your big play guy. But Nico Collins is the guy that C.J. Stroud is going to look to in big moments, in my opinion.
0: I, I like all of them, though. I mean, I, I love do. that offense, and I don't think this offense 100%. is going to change much. And I, and I look, look, we both talked or you talked about at great length about what Devin Singletary uh, was able to do last week. And I think that might be their only weakness right now is a strong running back and and nothing against Singletary, but there was a reason why Buffalo shipped him off. And there was a reason why Florida did not play uh, Pierce a lot when he was there, did not utilize him. So I wouldn't be surprised if they use draft capital next year to upgrade that position, but that offense is not going anywhere. This is going to be an offense that I think you can rely on for the next five to six years. But uh, I really like what I'm seeing with that, with that organization.
1: Man, I feel like this is a Houston Texan show, man. Both, it is.
0: We love you're it, Texas, man. You're gonna see I'll me with a hat. You're yeah. going to see me with a jersey. Maybe not because I spent way too much money last week in Nashville. So at some point, you'll see me with a Texan jersey. If the
1: Cowboys weren't in Texas, I'd say they're my favorite team in Texas. But unfortunately, they're not.
0: Oh, wow. Well. <laughs> all right. Well, that'll be great. It'll be too uh, – t- in fact, I just jumped off the Green Bay bandwagon. I'm officially on the Texans bandwagon. There you go. All right, hey, let's get in our Thursday night preview. Um, we've got a big game, Cincinnati five and four. And this to me is the best division in football. When you look at Cincinnati, Baltimore, you look at Cleveland, and you look at who's the fourth team. Help me out real quick, Coach. They're pretty good too.
1: What are we going through? I missed that. I was reading AFC North. AFC
0: North. AFC North. Baltimore,
1: are... Cleveland, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Virginia.
0: And Cincinnati. That's a pretty damn good freaking uh. Yeah. Pretty good, pretty damn good division. But let's get into the game. Cincinnati, five and four. Baltimore, seven and three. Line Baltimore minus 3.5. Over and under is 46. I don't think that's going to hit. Um, who wins? Me. I've got the Ravens, 23, Bengals, 20. What are your thoughts on that one, coach?
1: You can't say you don't think the over under is going to hit and give a score that, oh, yeah, you're at 40. Wait, what are you at? I'm you're at, at 47. 43.
0: You think that just because I'm a former special teams coordinator doesn't mean that I'm the Baltimore, or excuse me, the Buffalo Bills coordinator. I can count 23 and 20 is 43. That's the under.
1: Oh, I've got you. It says me at 27 20. You must have changed your score or something.
0: I can't believe that I might have made a change. Yeah. But go ahead.
1: I've got Ravens 24 21. So we both okay. see the Ravens winning this game at home.
0: There you go. There you go. It should be a fun one. You talk about, they used to always talk about, the uh, NFC North with Chicago and those bruisers of a game back in the back in the day. Uh, but that that's this division now. So I like the under. Uh start and sit. Um, a lot of guys, especially the quarterback position. Um, you are gonna start Joe Burrow. So we're gonna start with Cincinnati. I'm not not starting Joe Burrow ever. That is a top five quarterback in Dynasty football. Some people have him in the top three. I'm Perfectly fine with that. So he's a definite start. I like Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase has a big injury the week before. Falls on his uh, takes a big catch, leaps in the air, falls on his back, has a little bit of an injury, but he comes in and still gets his hundred yards and a touchdown. And I like Tyler Boyd. We definitely are not going to see T Higgins tomorrow. Tyler Boyd last week. Tyler Boyd last week had eight catches for one hundred seventeen yards. Should have had a ninth one that would have been a touchdown that would have never given. The Texans an opportunity, or at least it would have only meant the Texans would have had to score a touchdown instead of a field goal. So there are my starts for Baltimore or for Cincinnati for Baltimore. I like Lamar Jackson for the same reason, even though I've said he's probably more of a quarterback too. He's not a top 12 quarterback as far as what he's producing right now, but I'm still starting Lamar Jackson and I'm starting both their running backs. Keaton Mitchell has gone uh, we'll get into his stats later because I talk about him a little bit later. But I like Keaton Mitchell this week because mostly, you know, Harbaugh went out, came out, and without even being asked about it, said we're going to find more ways to get Mitchell involved. Um, I like Gus Edwards. I still feel like he is the short yardage, the uh, the most of the first down, second down, even third down. He's, he's their lead back, so I like him. And you always got to like Mark Andrews. Sits, this might surprise people. Uh, Joe Mixon. I I feel like uh, Baltimore is going to take Joe Mixon out. Um, I I just don't like Joe Mixon this week. If you have Joe Mixon, if you have to play him, I I have no issue with you playing I probably will play him if I had him, but the reality is that I don't like him this week. And Irv Smith. I I don't think Irv Smith is someone that you need to play this week, especially when we just finished talking about 15, 20 minutes ago about how great this tight end class is. Not this tight end class, but the tight ends in general are this year. So if I'm not playing Irv Smith. And for Baltimore, I'm not starting any of the receivers. Uh, You know, it's funny. Zay Flowers is still the number two rookie as far as receiving yards game this year, but it just hasn't happened over the last few weeks. You still can't trust Odell to do much. And, And golly, Bateman might be my biggest miss of all time. I love Bateman, Rashad Bateman, coming out of Minnesota, give me but it both. just happens. So those are my starting sits. Your thoughts, anything that you would change on that, Coach?
1: Yeah, I don't hate the Joe Mixon because what Baltimore's done against the run. If you look at last week against the Houston run defense, he didn't play well there either, even with his 14 touches. So I, I get that. Herb Smith, I think, is, is an obvious sit for me. I, I think Gus Edwards and Keith Mitchell, You could, I think they both get in the end zone this week, which is why I'm a little hesitant to put, give Lamar Jackson – uh, multiple touchdown passes. I think they rely on the run. I, th- I think there's an opportunity there for him. And I think you want to keep the Cincinnati offense off the field. Um, so I do see them going back a little bit more of a run, run offense, because they've been a little more balanced this year in Baltimore. Um, and then I, I think that the, the God, it's crazy, man. is a Flowers, right? If you look at the, the the first two of the first three of the first five games, he had more than ten targets. He hasn't seen he hasn't seen ten targets since they played Pittsburgh back in Week Five. Um, and he's not, he's 10, 11 grabs in the last three games, but man, the yardage is like barely a hundred yards. It you is. It, I'm getting a little yards about all him. year. If, if we're being honest,
0: I'm year. getting, yeah. and listen, I love his talent, but to me, he's almost feeling a lot. Like again, I'm going to do my best to remember his name, but help me out. The kid that went to the jets, everyone loved. Then got traded to Cleveland.
1: Elijah Moore
0: i see a little bit that in him and and i worry about him being a true wide receiver one in fantasy or even a true wide receiver two in fantasy. is he just a gadget guy? i hope i'm wrong, but just what i've seen the last few weeks makes me a little concerned about his ability to be a true wide receiver one
1: yeah, i think uh, he's a type of guy that fits in an offense that really wants to run a spread style offense it's the it's the hitches. It's you know the what offensive you look great the in? Screen game. What's that?
0: The Texans.
1: <laughs> you know what? You're right. And a lot of people are going to say, well, Kansas City. Well, shoot, Kansas City's had enough of those guys. They don't need yeah. another one. But, yeah, Texans, yeah. I mean, look at Tank Dell. I mean, that's the exact type of role he would probably play in that offense. So he's a guy that's got some wiggle after the catch, but it just seems like Baltimore struggled to put him in situations and take advantage of his talents and – He's not creating a separation I think that we thought he would. So I feel like he's got more of a complete route tree coming to the NFL than I think many people thought that he did. I like this film. I like this prospect profile. um, But, man, it just hasn't transferred to the NFL yet on a consistent basis.
0: Right. Well, for me, it's almost a situation when we're talking about the system isn't fitting. Um, And, you know, Baltimore has not produced – a top fantasy receiver in a hell of a long time and, and it doesn't look like they're going to do that anytime soon. Yeah. Um all right, hey, let's move on to risers and fallers. Uh risers and fallers will let you go first, coach. Again, these are guys that you know, if you looked at their dynasty value or even redraft right. value over mm-hmm. the last couple of weeks, they are rising. Uh so these are guys that we like right now. So, who's your first one, coach?
1: Yeah, so Dak Prescott. I mean, you know, early in the year, it was concerns. Mike McCarthy offense, going from Kellen Moore, who consistently put top five offenses together. They started out the season kind of slow, almost like they wanted to make him a, a game manager type quarterback. So he was a faller, I think, after the first three or four weeks for me. Now they're seeing them open up the offense. They're so using CD Lamb as a true wide receiver one. They still haven't been able to get the running game going. But Dak's QB1 and fantasy points scored over the last three weeks at 32.1 points per game. Um, he's completed 72.7% of his passes for over a thousand yards, 11 touchdowns. Plus he's got a rushing touchdown during that span. He leads the NFL to 70.7% completion rate on the season, just six interceptions, which he's projecting about 11. And if you remember the comedy made before the year started and he said, I will not have 10 interceptions this season. Now, unfortunately at three against San Francisco, you take that game away He's sitting there with only three interceptions on the year. Obviously, it doesn't work that way. you got to count those. But Zach Prescott is playing, and he's got Carolina this week. He's got a, a decent schedule the next three or four games. So not would not be surprised if that run continued.
0: I'll tell you what, he's been pretty impressive. He looks so good this last week. Again, it's yeah. again these look so good the last three weeks. But I actually watched that Giants game. It was the only game that I was able to see uh, in the hotel that my wife and I had after – Four days in uh, good old Nashville, but yeah, and I love the way they are force feeding CD Lamb, and I, I'm all for that. One
1: hundred percent.
0: All right, let's go to Royer real quick. Let's get into his start. He's got three four running backs to choose from. So, uh, first running back Isaiah Pacheco, I'm starting. Then we're going to go down to.
1: Is it just which one do I
0: start? I oh, know which three. So who doesn't he start? Okay. Uh, I, I'm guessing that it's going to be Connor that we're not going to start. Um, hey, what, we, one news item we didn't bring up. Sorry to cut you off, Royer. But one news item we didn't bring up is that uh, Carter today, the uh, running back for the New York Jets, Michael Carter is now an Arizona Cardinal. Don't necessarily know what that's going to mean for this week. But I, I do know this. Um, that really hurts the guy that everyone was using out of TCU. I'm blanking on the name. Who's the running back? The Connor when Connor was. Thank you. That's who it really hurts. If you spent money, which I'm one of the guys to get that guy, you know, I think Carter's going to pretty much be the number two back there for a while. So, but from those three, I'm not playing Connor.
1: Yeah, I'm not playing Connor. I don't think it's a great matchup for Pacheco either, but I I would go James Connor there too. And look, I think it's a great fit for Michael Carter in Arizona. Connor is more of a physical style. He can give you something in the receiving game. He's got, you know, he's always had great hands for a running back. He's a natural athlete. But I think Michael Carter, what he does in the passing game, is a little bit more electric than what James Connor gives you. So I think there's going to be, unfortunately, there's going to be some uh, some touches there in the passing game, third down work that Michael Carter will probably take away from James Connor so the Cardinals can keep him healthy throughout the rest of the season. But, yeah, I, I would agree with you there. That's probably who I would sit as well.
0: Even though I just got done saying don't play Mixon, All right, let's move on to my first riser. And my first riser is Keaton Mitchell. Um, You know, the biggest thing that excited me was the fact that Harbaugh making a point to take time out of an interview or take time for a press conference to just say, hey, we need to get him more involved in the offense. Um, The last two weeks, he's only got 12 carries, but he's turned those 12 carries into 174 yards, two touchdowns. you know, most of us who who have Keaton Mitchell, we spent a real late dynasty rookie draft pick for him, or we spent fab money on him, or we just picked him up for free. That guy, he's someone that you gotta look out and go out and get if you still can. I like what we've seen. And you know, the young, or not the young, but the small running backs, the guys like Devin Devin HM, they're proving that they can handle it and they can do it. So I, I'm all about Keaton Mitchell. He's definitely a riser for me.
1: Yeah, I love I love the call there. I, I'm a, I'm a big Keaton Mitchell guy. and I, there's been a, It's funny you mentioned Devon Achan. There's been a lot of comparisons between Keaton Mitchell. Don't expect that type of production with Keaton Mitchell because I don't think he's the talent that Devon Achan is, but we can certainly expect that type of usage, hopefully, that you saw with Devon Achan get early. I think the more games that Baltimore plays, the more you're going to see Keaton Mitchell get involved. I think you have to get him more involved.
0: All right, let's move on to – well, let's actually move on to Brandon. He's uh, he, I don't know if he sent us $2. I'm not sure what this $2 is, but if he sent it, thank you. I'm going to pick up some donuts on the way to work uh, tomorrow. Um, I'm guessing what running backs, wide receivers should I target if I'm trading Mahomes. Uh, Brandon, can you quickly tell me super flexed or one quarterback? I will say this. If it's one quarterback, the value is a little less than it is in super flexed. But one quarterback, I'm I I'm shooting for the moon. We're talking about Patrick freaking Mahomes. And, yes, his stats have not lived up to the quarterback one ranking that most people have on him throughout the year. But it hasn't changed the perception of who Patrick Mahomes is. So I, I think it's one quarterback. If it's one quarterback, man, shoot for the moon. Do the best that you can. Uh, go find some list of uh, – People that you trust as far as running backs, rankings, and just go right off the list and work your way down. A guy off the top of my list is I'd look to see if you can trade Mahomes for Javante Williams. Coach, you have any thoughts?
1: Yeah, I was thinking Brees Hall. I mean, I think if you can okay. get a, young, a younger you running back that gives you opportunities in the passing game, now I don't know the scoring format, half PPR, full PPR, but I want pass catching running backs. They tend to be a little bit more durable. Uh, and I like the upside in the passing game that they can give you too. So I'd be looking for a Brees Hall. I'd get the Javante Williams, Devon um, I'm mean, as a guy that that we yeah. just talked about. That I'm guessing really this is right probably around.
0: redraft, but I don't know for sure.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask that, and if it's redraft, which is I kind of saved vanilla there with the answer because I was like, hey, these guys would work for either or because you're getting achan back and what he yeah. can do the rest of the season, but. I'm looking at dynasty. Those are guys that come to mind. If you're talking about Did he ask about wide receivers too, or just running backs.
0: He did ask about wide receivers.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's Patrick Mahomes. So I'm, I'm even, it, even in a one quarterback league, I'm trying to get CD lamb. I'm trying to get Jamar yeah. chase. I'm trying to get Puka Nakua. I'm trying to get, you know, guys like that. Not so much Puka, but to Brett's right. point is you're trying to get the, every league sets its own, uh, economy of what they think players are worth and so it's easy for us to say hey start out at the top of the list and then work your way down and see who bites um i would like to send trade offers to each player or uh, in that league and see hey if uh, are the player teams that need a quarterback what are you willing to give up for patrick mahomes and start but do that with multiple different players in your league i've never been a fan of just sending one offer to one guy i'm trying to send three or four and see if i can't drive that market value up Um, and look, I'm I'm always about being honest, you know, and say, hey, look, I've got an offer on the table right now, it's a little bit stronger than yours. You want to come back and counter with something a little bit stronger? I'm willing to listen to it and see what you can get. So I I say all about the all about the market in
0: your league. It's Patrick Mahomes. Shoot for the moon and then continue to work your way down. Um, all right, Dame Walker, what cheap running backs would you try to get as a playoff depth squad is Allen, Jacobs, Bijan, Tyreek. Um, first guy that popped in my head when you talk about cheap running backs to see what you can do to get a guy like Jalen Warren guy like uh, Jalen Warren would be the first one I think of you got any other ideas
1: I'm trying to read through the question what cheap running backs did you try to get his playoff depth 12 12 team PPR 7-3 squad Allen Jacobs Bajan, Tyreek. so he's already got it's like he's
0: got Charbonnet I'll tell you what I like Charbonnet going down for the rest of the year but
1: yeah, we talk about cheap running backs, right? I mean, that if he's looking for running back depth, I'm I'm looking through here as far there's a lot of guys that are out on Rashad White. I will still take that volume that he's getting. You might find a fantasy manager that says, Yeah, the touches are there, but the efficiency's not. Granted, he just came off a game where he broke a long touchdown run, but you've also got guys like um Jerome Ford, who's still RB twenty two. I still Jerome like Jerome Ford. Ford. Yeah. He's he a younger road guy. Road. Like the upside there, you mentioned. I think you mentioned Jalen Warren already. So Thank those you. are those are guys right there. And then Chuba Hubbard, he's he's RB thirty two, and that's a guy right now that's taken over that backfield in Carolina. So there's an opportunity there, rest of season two for the playoffs. As a there is. Guy. You
0: hope that offense gets better though, because we yep. saw him put up a goose egg last week. Um, but you know, there's one of those situations we talked about. Barkley, a bad offense. It doesn't matter how good the guy is that you're trying to get if that offense can't move the sticks. And hey, do this. Uh, and I, I didn't,
1: I didn't mention this, but I always look at what weeks are your playoffs, and look at the schedules and strength of schedules for those weeks. Find teams that are not good in the uh, against the run, uh, give up a lot of fantasy points to running backs, and see if you can't leverage some of those guys we just talked about. Find out who's got the best schedule, and that's where I would start.
0: All right, hey, thank you so much, Dame Walker, and thank you so much for sending two dollars to the wonderful organization we call Yards Per. Yep. Uh, let's move on to our next riser, Coach. I believe you're going first uh, this week. So, who's your next riser?
1: I've got Joshua Dobbs. Uh, and, and let's talk about it. Let, so, two weeks ago, Jaron Hall goes down after the Vikings lose Kirk Cousins for the season. They go out, they make a trade with Arizona for Joshua Dobbs. Comes in as the backup to Jaron Hall, and Jaron Hall gets hurt after starting the game. I think it was like seven of eight, so decent start. Enters the game with zero first-team reps after coming over from the Cardinals. In that game, he completes 20 of 30 passes for 158, two touchdowns to beat Atlanta on the road. Comes back the next week. Now he's the full-time starter, gets a full week of practice, goes 23 of 34, 268 yards, and a touchdown to beat the New Orleans Saints, 27-19, who many believe are a playoff team. He also scored a rushing touchdown in four straight games, which means his last two games in Arizona and his first two games in Minnesota, he's got rushing touchdowns. So for me, Joshua Dobbs, this guy, this guy could be a playoff winner, and was available in some of you know, Yahoo, ESPN. I don't really typically, I don't want to say anything, you know, about those leagues, but they're, depending on that ten-team league, sometimes Joshua Dobbs is a guy that you could have gotten out on the waiver wire, crazy, which is kind of crazy. But twelve to fourteen-team leagues, people are going to have him. But Joshua Dobbs could be a league winner as a guy that you could took off the waiver wire at the beginning of the year.
0: How fun has he been? He's just. A blast.
1: And the, oh the personality God. and the attitude and the humbleness, I love all of it.
0: Yeah, he's the best. And yeah. you look at the situation Cleveland's in. Remember, Cleveland's the team that traded him to Arizona at the start of the year because they loved what DTR did during the preseason. But I'm sure they would love to have Joshua Jobs right now.
1: Ah, oh, we talked about it. I mean, how many starting quarterbacks have there been this year? I mean, there's a lot of teams out there that could use them. It's crazy. Oh,
0: yeah. Is they that not –
1: yeah, yeah. Not to take this conversation to a weird, weird place, but guys like Carson Wentz can't start, and he was what I can't remember what his record is as a starter, but his numbers are not terrible. But you've got guys like, like, uh, you know, uh, God, what was the guy I'm trying to think of right now? You got Aiden O'Connell. You got Jaron Hall started a game. You got freaking Taylor Heineke. I mean, you can go through the list of guys that are getting starts at the end of Tommy DeVito, and, and you've got these other guys that are still sitting there that aren't even on a team right now. I mean, there's a lot of teams that could use Joshua Dobbs right now.
0: Let's let's get into Andrew's question. Rest of the season, rank these guys, running backs. This is not an easy question because I like all these guys. The rest of the season, we're talking about Josh Jacobs. Let's look at what Josh Jacobs has done since the new coach has come in. He's, I mean, they are going to. You're talking about a guy in, in Antonio Pierce, who is an old school football coach who wants to run it down your throat and play good defense. So I love Josh Jacobs. You're talking about Brees Hall. Talent is as good as anybody in the league. Yeah. Offense isn't very good. Um, so, But I love Brees Hall. Let's talk about JT. JT is the guy, again, you talk about talent. Maybe no better in the league than JT. And finally last week he took over the backfield to the point that Zach Moss was almost, almost never even got on the field. Let's move on to Kamara kamar has been a guy who gives you so much in the PPR and does so much when the right, I mean, he's their he's their whole running game and whole passing game in a lot of ways. Let's go to Swift. Swift had that incredible game early in the year with Philadelphia. Um, I still like him cause he's still their best guy and it is a great team with a great offense. And then you talk about incredible talent, Bijan Robinson. I, I don't know how I'd rank it. If I just ranked it off the top of the head, i'd probably go jacobs jt kamara i don't know coach i I can't even this one's tough if you have all those backs dude just go buy yourself a cigar and flip a coin each week
1: i mean you talk about i'll talk about Hall hollow the bigs you just traded away right you got michael carter um I I still, Dalvin Cook hasn't done much at all. Brees Hall is certainly healthy. That's a team that has to rely on the run game, but he can also get you a screen pass and take it 70 yards for a touchdown. Kamara, yes. PPR hasn't been great in the run game, hasn't been very efficient in the run game. So I'm talking about a full balance. I'm probably Jacobs first just because pure volume. He's getting that right now. I probably put Brees Hall second because of his utilization in the passing game. And then I probably go JT, Kamara, and then I would say probably in the order – and then I would take Bajon. You're pretty
0: he, much taking the order that he wrote it out in.
1: I was just going to say, the order he wrote it out in is almost how I would do it. Um, Bajon, for me, is ahead of Swift and possibly is ahead of Swift for me. But, man, what's tough is it? I, I don't want to go down the Arthur Smith deal. But how how that dude – like someone said the other day, how he finally gets 20 touches and they lose the game. like that's that's got nothing to do with Bajon Robinson, man. You give your best running back more touches, period. So, if you want to continue to give Tyler Algier the amount of touches he's getting when you've got a talent like Bijan Robbins, that's coaching malpractice.
0: That's a, that's a that that was a tough one, but I agree. I agree. Yeah. You can't look at that loss and blame it on the fact that you finally utilized Bijan like the number what was he number six, number eight pick in the draft. I mean, you got to give the ball to that kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, Here we go. This is a big friend of ours. Love him. Thank you so much for tuning in. We do love him. Uh, You know, if you're not following, you need to. Uh, Even though he's not on Twitter much, I know I miss him, but he's a great guy. Um, And let's get into my next riser. And we talk, again, this is a Texans-themed show, so let's just go with Noah Brown. One thing that I don't like about Noah Brown, and I wouldn't say I'm an ageist, but a 27-year-old receiver – and Dynasty kind of doesn't excite me that much, but what does excite me is production. And what we've seen over the last three weeks, two weeks, especially, 13 receptions for 172 yards, a touchdown. As long as he's uh, in that offense, he's good to go. Love what I'm seeing from him. I don't know how you feel as a former Dow- – or not as a former, but as a Dallas Cowboy fan um, that he's kind of producing and they kind of let him walk. But love what I'm seeing from Noah Brown. Feel like you could have got him real cheap. I need someone you can plug in in a flex, even a she's uh, even in your wide receiver spot with what he's doing the last few weeks.
1: Well, I hate to say it. I hate to say this, but I'd rather have Noah Brown than Michael Gallup in Dallas right now. I can tell you right. that, even though he's a big slot guy, Noah Brown and how they're using him in Houston is a good way to do it. Um, and if you could take Brandon Cooks, they finally put in their offensive game plan last week and you could add a Noah Brown to that. The way he's playing right now, I, I, I certainly wouldn't be mad about it. So I, I love the pick.
0: All right, let's uh, go on to your third and last riser. Who do you got, Coach?
1: So I've got Javante Williams. He's RB5 over his last two games played in terms of average of 19.9 PPR points per game. 27 – what do you want running backs? You want opportunity, right? 27 and a half touches per game over the last two games. he got 48 carries, 164 yards. Go with seven grabs, for another 44 yards, and two receiving touchdowns. He's a 60% snap share. He's pretty much taken over that backfield, 70% rush share, and a 15.5% target share over those last two games. He's fully healthy. The offense is moving. I think that's a big part of why Russell Wilson is starting to play a little different level. He's now finally got a good run game and good uh, play coming out of that backfield, improved play on the offensive line. So I like Javante Williams' rest of season.
0: Uh, I do too. And I'll tell you, as a guy who picked up Jaleel McLaughlin, probably six weeks ago. Uh, I did it for a couple of reasons. A, you know, he was out, that being Javante Williams was out. And, you know, you were kind of worried about his injury. Was he going to be the same guy that we saw before? And I, I thought it was an easy dart throw to have because, you know, the odds are there was a good chance that he wasn't going to be the guy. But he's that guy. And it looks like McLaughlin and Dynasty, fine, keep him. But in redraft, there's no reason to keep him. Than nope. what We've seen out of Javante the last few weeks. Uh, love this comment by our boy Devin Singletary. He's, he is quite, I mean, he did run, he ran so hard 150 some odd yards. He looked great. I hope he can keep it up, but uh, that was fun to watch. And you know, it makes it a lot easier when you got a guy back there that throws a ball that he does, it kind of makes the run defense seem uh not as important, so they focus more on the pass. But you got to love what we saw with Devin Singletary.
1: No, and if you look at his usage early in the season, right, he's he's running that set. Seven to 10 touches. If you look at the last four games, 14 touches against New Orleans, 12 touches against Carolina, 15 touches against Tampa Bay, and then 32 or 31 touches against uh, Cincinnati this last week and a win, 30 27. So he's starting to get more usage. They've won three of the last four games. Um, yes, it, it is kind of an anomaly because if you look at the yardage, it's not great. 58 30, 26 is, is average yards per carry has not been great but in this game. He's five yards a carry, but if they can establish the run game and figure out a way to get that run game going, and that it just makes life that much easier for C.J. Stroud. It allows them to feel confident in a neutral game script or even in a positive game script. And, hey, they can rely on the run game a little bit and not have to rely so much on C.J. Stroud's arm, which I think is a great thing for Houston if that's the case. So hopefully Devin Singletary can keep that going.
0: All right. Hey, let's get real quick, probably one of our last questions. But Dame Walker wants to know, would you settle for Hubbard or go, go a little bit bigger for flowers and get another dude on my bench for a guy like B, Rob, or Ford. Uh, I'm assuming, again, Dame Walker, this is a redraft. If it's redraft, if I can get a B, Rob, or Ford for Flowers, I'm doing that. And and I would like them more than I would like Hubbard. Um, 100%. 100%. All right, let's get into my last riser, and that's Kyler Murray. You know, there are a lot of people who thought that Arizona was tanking. They're 1-7, so there's good reason to think that. Um, a lot of people also wanted to know what the hell they were doing and trading Josh Dobbs. Um, and what they were doing is they knew what was coming down the pipeline. They wanted to give Clayton Toon one shot to be a quarterback in the starting role, just to see what they had in him. But they also knew Kyler Murray was coming back and he came back. His stats weren't great. He completed 19 passes for 249 yards and an interception, but he also what I was impressed with, he's coming off of an injury that was, excuse me, coming off an injury that was an ACL injury, ACL injury, and yet you still saw the Kyler of old. There was one time where he, you know, made everybody miss and made a great completion, and then he ran 33, ran for 33 yards and a touchdown. I love Kyler Murray and what we saw, and I love him in Dynasty for the rest of the way.
1: Yeah, hey, I, I'm with you, and I, I think the big thing about Kyler Murray is is just the way that this, this offense can operate and how it makes everything else so much easier. And there was a mock draft I saw the other day that had, you know, the two quarterbacks going one and two, Caleb Williams, Drake May, and then, of course, at number three was a big offensive tackle. And I can't remember his name right now off the top of my head for some reason. And then number From four. Penn
0: State, yes.
1: Yeah, Marvin Harrison going Jr. going to the Cardinals at four. Now you get Marvin Harrison Jr., you got Trey McBride, Right, You start looking at this offense, you go, hey, Kyler Murray ends up in a pretty good situation for all the, the shit that a franchise has gone through under Cliff Kingsbury. So uh, hopefully for Kyler Murray, it works out. I still don't think we see the uh, MVP candidate, Kyler Murray, we saw a couple of years ago. I don't think he's a guy that's going to give you 800 yards rushing over the course of a season. I think he wants to be more of a pocket passer anyway. But the upside for Kyler Murray is, is tremendous. His ability to keep plays alive.
0: Yep. Yep. You didn't believe I didn't believe much. I I almost I kind of bought into they're going to move on. Everyone's worried about his work ethic away from the field. Everyone's worried about the fact that he seems to like video games more than real film. But I think them making him a captain and them, you know, they kind of just wanted to make sure he was fully healthy to bring him back. Uh, The Kyler Murray train has not been derailed whatsoever. Let's move on to followers. Followers. Here we go. Who's your first follower, coach?
1: So I've got uh, Will Levis, Um, QB 27 over the last two weeks with just 8.3 fantasy points per game. After being QB 6 in his first start, when he threw for four touchdowns, I think three of those were to Andre Hopkins. Um, Over that span, he's completed just 41 of 78 passes for only 52.5%. The yardage isn't bad at 461 yards, 230 a game over the last two, but two interceptions and no touchdowns. Um, Titans have only scored 22 points total in the last two games and losses to the Tampa Bay and Pittsburgh. So I've got some concerns about Will Levis' rest of the season.
0: Will Levis, you know, he's a guy that, you know, obviously they want to work because it would only be a second-round pick that they had to invest in to get that type of guy. But, yes, it, it didn't look quite as good last week. But I still feel like he could be the guy, but he may not be someone that you can play in Dynasty or redraft at this current state. No. All right, moving on to my follower, we've got Tony Pollard. Um, you know, one of the things I I got a league mate in my home league that has Tony Pollard and he's obviously not been very happy with what he's been getting from him, but a lot of people forget he is coming off of a broken leg. And and so what we've seen so far, he's got no touchdowns since week one, hasn't rushed for more than 60 yards since week three. He's just, hasn't been what we expected to see. So with that being said, I mean, you got to call him a follower because He's just not doing what you expected. If you were in redraft, you took him in the late first, early second. No. Um, if you took him any later than that, you were pretty you felt pretty lucky. So Tony Ballard, Pollard is definitely a follower for me.
1: Yeah, I hate to say it. You know, I've been a big Pollard guy and it took me a little bit longer than most to to finally, you know, concede that Zeke Elliott just didn't have it anymore and Tony Pollard need to be the feature guy. But at the same time, was very outspoken about him not being a 300-plus touch guy and, and unfortunately, they're trying to make him that guy. It's he, yeah. sweet spots at 250 to 275. Um, I just think the wear and tear of just being physical and having a run between the tackles and the type of offense that Mike McCarthy in the run game likes to run, it just has not been a great fit for, for Tony.
0: All right, hey, let's move on to another question. We have got Gerald, uh, Gerald excuse me, Mixon uh, or Warren. I love Warren, but I'm going to go with Mixon here. How about you, Coach?
1: Well, we didn't like Mixon as a starter against the Ravens. I know, I know, I know but I still I like but him over Warren. Where I'm going with that is, hey, you can not like him as a starter, but still like him in comparison to another player in another matchup, right? Um, right. look at what Cleveland Browns did last week against that run game and just what they've done consistently throughout the year in that run game, it's very, very difficult for me to want to start any running back against the Cleveland Browns right now. As much as I like Jalen Warren and what he's done recently – I'm not starting anybody against Cleveland Browns run defense right now. So I'm taking mixing against the Ravens as well.
0: Okay. Let's get to another one. We may not even get to the rest of our followers and that's okay. We always talk about that before the show. We'd mm-hmm. rather yep. be there for the peeps. Start fields or Murray. That's Murray for me. Let's go to his next one. I'm sure it's Murray's for you as well, right?
1: It's Murray for me. Yep.
0: All right. Keaton or Ridley. Um, Keaton is the, uh, I think Ridley's the floor play. Keaton's the ceiling play. So I, I would make the decision off of that. I think Keaton could give us something big. I think I would feel more comfortable starting Ridley, though.
1: Yeah, I'm going to take guaranteed. Uh, I'm going to say guaranteed touches. That's not what I meant to say. But I think in the Jacksonville Jaguars offense, first of all, Trevor Lawrence is really struggling right now. So I've got some concerns there in the passing game. And he's just that's another guy you could put down as a follower right now. So. I would honestly probably lean Keaton Mitchell here because I think he's earned the right over the last two weeks, not only taking a pass to the touchdown and getting rushing touchdowns in big plays. I actually would trust Keaton Mitchell more than Calvin Ridley right now.
0: I don't hate that because when you look at some of the tweets we saw today and one of them was Justin Fields has 12 touchdowns or 11 touchdowns on the season passing and you got Lawrence and... uh, Jacksonville with only nine. So I get that. Um, I just, you know, I I'm so I've been so burned over the years of coach speak telling you, hey, we're going to get this guy more involved. And they actually don't. So until I see it, I'd still take Reedley over Keaton. Um, Let's move on to another one. We've got Derek Hollywood or Dell for the rest of the season. I like them both. I I like um, good old Murray being back in the offense for Arizona. And I like Dell playing in the offense that he's playing in. That's a tough one. Uh, if you want me, if you're going to put a gun to my head, please don't, but I will take Dell.
1: Yeah, we're going to differ on that one. I, Perfect. I, I,
0: I get yeah, it. I, I think it's close. Yeah.
1: I take I take Hollywood Brown for two reasons. I think he's the best receiver in that wide receiver room. Yep. And With Kyler Murray back, and then what Trey McBride can do to um, in the middle of the field allows Marquise Brown to have a little bit more room to operate in that deep to intermediate areas of the field. So and you can still use him in the screen game too. All the other you know, got guys that can do that. But I think Marcus Brown is a guy that Kyler Murray is gonna rely on a little bit more than what we saw last week, where Rondale Moore actually was the more targeted player last week, but I think it's Hollywood rest of the season.
0: Well, I love how our boy thinks it's Dell, but whatever, we'll move on. Let's go back to another question for Derek. Sentua and Hollywood or Dell and Josh. Sentua plus Hollywood. All of that Hollywood Dell for Josh Allen. We need two. I want Tua. Regardless,
1: yeah, looking to send Tua plus Mar- plus Marquise Brown and oh, I think it's Hollywood or Dell for Josh yeah. Allen. So I I'm think-
0: sticking with Tua, Hollywood, and Dell. Whether whoever it would be, yeah, give so me Tua over Josh Allen right now.
1: And hey, I want to hit on that real quick too, because we talk about Josh Allen, but I, and there's also been some talk about Tua being a system guy and, you know, you've got, you know, hey, nobody took anything away from Patrick Mahomes because he had Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill. Why are we taking something away from Tua because he's got Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell? It doesn't make any sense to me. No. There's nothing that shows the guy can't produce. You can look at his Alabama. Okay. Offensive lines, NFL caliber. He's got great receivers. He's got great run game. He's never had to be the guy that you had to completely, totally rely on. It doesn't mean he can't be successful in that scenario. We haven't seen it yet, so to me, it's not fair to knock Tua because he doesn't have, you know, because he had a concussion or because of, uh, you know, you think he's a system guy. It doesn't matter if he's a system guy. He's in that system. He's going to be in that system. So give me the guy that I think is going to score the most points. And right now, Tua is better than Josh Allen without the rushing upside because of who he's got and because of the offensive attack. And then you're going to add it. You're going to add a, a wide receiver one or not a wide receiver one, but a a starting wide receiver on top of that. I'll take the two and the receiver on that one.
0: Let's go to another question, Coach. we got a bunch of them coming in. Here we go. We've got, is Evans a top 15 rest of the season in PPR? I say yes. What do you say? I say yes as well. Okay, now we've got Hollywood or Dell for this week. It's Dell for me, looking at my rankings. You on board with that one?
1: We're getting a lot of Hollywood and Dell. Yeah, I'll take Dell this week. Yep.
0: All right, so here we go. How do you like these stashes? Jay, uh, I would just assume that's Jay Reed, Green Bay, yeah. Michael Wilson. I don't know if you want me to compare the two. If you want me to compare the two, uh, we saw Michael Wilson score a touchdown last week in his first week with Murray. We've seen Reed continually, continually, continually build up what he's been able to do with Jordan Love Had 84 yards and a touchdown last year. I'm taking Reed over Wilson for the rest of the year. How about you coach?
1: Yeah, I'm taking Jaden Reed too. I think better prospect profile. Uh, I like, and as much as I like Michael Wilson, I just think Jaden Reed is a better receiver. Christian Watson, we we talked, has not been a guy that's played at the level that, we, that he should have. Um, it's been Romeo Dubs, so I still like Jaden Reed over Michael Wilson too.
0: And then I'm not sure exactly. It says Tua and Hollywood or Dell. I mean, give me Tua and Hollywood. <laughs> but I, I and he's, he he kind of goes on and says Tua has the worst playoff schedule of any quarterback. I, I don't try and worry about that. I try and worry about better players. So for me, I, I'm playing Tua no matter the schedule.
1: I think you can look, at, and I said this earlier when somebody was talking about the running backs and who they should take, and I was talking about look at the playoff schedule and how those teams fare against running backs, and I think there's a time to look at it, but I think in this case, it's like, would you say the same thing about Patrick Mahomes? You wouldn't care who he's playing, and so for me with Tua, because of Mike McDaniel's Mike McDaniel offense, you're getting Devin Achan back. You can take a, a bubble screen from the running back position, take it to the house. You've got Tyree Kill. You've got Jalen Waddell. I don't care what his schedule is. Miami's offense is Miami's offense. So I'm, I'm, I have no problem riding two of the rest of the year.
0: All right. Let me go to my second follower. Did you do your second follower yet?
1: My second follower I will do super quick. Saquon Barkley, RB18 Perfect. over the last three games. Only 12.4 PPR per game. It's not as yards per carry that's a problem. The problem is the Giants have only scored 33 total points in the last three games. They're not in the red zone. They're 31st in scoring, 32nd in passing uh, over the last three games and only 68.7 yards passing during that time. Yes, 14th in rushing, but they're not getting in the red zone. They're not getting scoring opportunities. So I'm concerned about Saquon Barkley.
0: All right. My next one is Rashawn Johnson. I think a lot of people expected when Khalil Herbert, that he would take over the role. um, But he really hasn't done that. It's been Deontay Foreman. Uh, Deon. Uh, so far, what we've seen from uh, what we've seen from Rashawn Johnson is 38 carries for 160 yards and only a touchdown. Now, granted, he did have a concussion issue himself, uh, but Herbert is coming back soon. So, I, I, Rashawn Johnson has not been what many thought he was going to be at this point. So, for me, he's a faller. For me, who's your last faller? And then we'll get into these questions. Once we're done with our last two or last follower for both of us.
1: Yeah. My last one, I touched on a little bit ago, Christian Watson, wide receiver 76 over the last three games, just 5.1 PPR points a game. He hasn't hit more than 6.3. He's seen 17 targets over that span, but only six catches for 93 yards has not scored in the last five games played. I'm out on Christian Watson right now.
0: Okay. Then my last guy, Adam Thielen. Uh, He's a follower. I think we might see some positive uh, play from over the next few weeks with what came out today. Frank Reich said he's taken over the play calling. When Frank Reich was the play caller early in the year, that's when we saw Thielen really just drive. Uh, But unfortunately, it's been tough go with that offense and it's been tough go with Bryce Young. So he's a follower for me early on. It looked like he was going to be someone who could be a league winner. Uh, but we just haven't seen it. He's only got 71 yards receiving and no TDs. The last two touchdowns. Hopefully that improves now that we've got uh, you know Frank Reich back in charge. Uh, last question before we call it a night. Cruz, Cruz wants to know Puka or Tank this week. Uh, for me, it's Puka. Also, I have remember Puka in the first game of the year against Seattle. That's where we see him saw him go off for. Like 15 or 15 targets, 10 receptions, something crazy. I like Puka this week. Um, he says also on the bench, I I have Lamar with Brock on the bench. Should I ride with him or consider trading? I have Gibbs, A chain, Pollard, and Kyron, so I can move one to need be if need be. Don't know what your needs are without looking at the whole uh roster. I would assume that you're if you're looking to trade one of the two quarterbacks, it's a one quarterback league. Um, who would you rather stick with the rest of the year, Lamar or Brock?
1: Well, I think he, look, Brock, Brock's put up – we know what he can do in that offense when they're they're dealing. He went through a three-game stretch where he didn't play well, but everything else in the history of his NFL career with Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, on and on and on, that offensive line with Trent Williams back. It's, he can put up the points, but the ceiling is capped. Versus Lamar, I think that ceiling is uncapped. So I think with Lamar Jackson, even though you touched on it earlier, only averaging like 44 rushing yards per game, Lamar Jackson is still Lamar Jackson. In one game, he can give you 250 passing yards, a couple touchdowns, and run for 100 on top of that. So he has the ability. And, again, if you have a lineup, Lamar is you're chasing that ceiling that Brock cannot hit. Brock is probably a safe play, but even floor, I think Lamar's got a safe floor too.
0: And as far as your running backs, I'd probably keep them all. I probably wouldn't move them because – the running back position is so volatile with injuries and everything else. I probably am not going to look to trade any of them. Hey, guys, I can't thank you enough. I know Coach Bruce, Coach Bruce would say the same thing. Love the questions. Love you guys tuning in. Uh, we'll be on 7.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time Sunday morning with all your start and sit. Um, and I'm sure hope that you guys come in because we'd love to answer any questions you guys got. Coach, appreciate you as always. Hey, everybody, have a great night. Let us know
1: how you guys did. Again, at CoachBruce122 on Twitter and at Brett L. Pate. We'd love to hear how your decisions went and how you guys did this week.
0: Appreciate you guys and talk to you soon.